right, so how's your morning? Um, I've just completely hit the wall. Like, the wedding is in seven days, six days, however many that is. It's next Sunday. And I woke up this morning and just, like, couldn't. I think I've made too many decisions, checked too many things off the list, all of that kind of stuff. What kind of decisions? Oh, like all kinds of stuff, right? Like shoes, like buying Spanx, like helping Mike's kids find clothes to wear for the event and figure out how to do their hair and figure out how to do my hair. And I coordinated um, our kid going to pick me up something that I needed that was available at the mall in Ann Arbor, but not available out here in Massachusetts so that you guys could bring it to me. And yeah, he got just, it. just like all kinds of little details. Uh, also my wedding ring is allegedly arriving by FedEx today. Um, we are leaving to go out to my parents where the wedding is going to be on Wednesday morning. So, you know, like it better get here, all this kind of stuff. I'm just tired of thinking of things. Well, now, do you have, do they still call them maids of honor? Do you have someone uh-uh. like that? See, that's the issue, you, right? Doug, because that's... You are my maid of honor. No. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, though. I don't want to brother... outshine the bride, though, in my outfit. You know, it's right. you have to be the focus of attention. My brother and sister-in-law are standing up for me. And our children are walking me down the aisle and then going to stand up next to them. And that's it. Who handled this when we got married? Who handled what? Who handled all these decisions that you're making now when we got married? Me. Oh. And my mother. Okay. All right. You know, my mom doesn't have any control over this wedding at all. Right. Like, she's not paying for it. None of that. And she also, she hasn't been part of all of the decisions. So there's the little breakfast the morning after. She's hosting that and she's making decisions about that, but not the actual wedding. All right. Well, uh, let me ask you this. So did you panic like this before our wedding? Um, No, because I knew inherently that I was making the wrong decision. So there was nothing (laughs) to do but just go forward. Well, see, this is my point, okay? I mean, if you're panicking now, isn't that a good sign? Maybe, but that doesn't mean that it's helping me get anything done today. You know what I mean? Like, I just am tapped out. And um, the Duggar book, the Jill Duggar book rolled up in my Libby last night. I was like, oh, I wasn't, you know, I got on the hold line for this and they were like 20 plus weeks, right? And so I wasn't expecting to get this book for two more months and here it popped up and I'm at like 60% on the book. Oh my gosh, you want to talk about people having problems. It is those Duggar children. Sure, yeah. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So anyway... You know, it's just, I've been thinking about too many things. It's not panic. It's just, I cannot think anymore. All right. Well, that's, that should be a relief then, right? Just kind of, well, now yeah, you're on autopilot. Then, um, you know, right after you and I stop recording this, I am going to Hungarian class and that's the hardest I ever think ever is about how to say things in Hungarian. Well, that's also a good sign, right? You're not bailing on Hungarian class. There must be a few synapses left that can function. Well, I guess. We'll see how I do. I mean, I don't know if I can produce any Hungarian today. Well, I'll tell you, if you really need a break, can I recommend going to Colorado and sleeping outdoors for eight days? How did that go? Were you really outside the whole time? 
Yeah, well, the first night I was outside. Yeah, we were okay. at Crooked Top Mountain, and it got down to about 35 degrees. And so from then on, I used the tent. Plus, I'm just not used to being confined in a little tube to have to stay warm. Right. I also realized I needed a bit more padding on the ground than I had. You know, Robert gave me his little pad, and he slept on a cardboard box. What? How does he do this? He's he's happy as hell. He really enjoyed it. We set a fire. We sat up drinking bourbon and talking, and he had a little tent that I used the rest of the time, and he slept outdoors. We must have covered about 1,400 miles, and every campsite was at the end of a super gnarly 30-mile driveway, straight up. (laughs) But once you get to where you're staying, it's absolutely breathtaking. And there's no service. Wow. And it's just you and your son and your thoughts. And I'm telling you, that's the way it should be. I, I kind of want to get rid of my Wi-Fi. I kind of want to chuck my television. That's, I mean, I, wanna, I do want to camp more after this. I really think that heading out for just 48 hours and nothing, and I mean nothing, that's the way to go. Well, good. That sounds cool. I'm glad you went on that trip. Well, let me tell you what your son's face looks like when he's heading down that same road, when it's time to come off the mountain and get some coffee. Oh, my God. What? His truck has two handles to hang on to, and I use both. (laughs) I look over. He's like, he's cruising down. It's like a 20-degree grade, and this rutted, bumpy road, which, you know, no one ever pays any attention to. It's just been sculpted by water running down it over the centuries. Right. And I look over at him, and his eyes are as big as hard-boiled eggs. He's just running down. The- <laughs> oh, that's funny. But we talked about a lot of interesting things. And I think you mentioned panic. I saw your Facebook post. And again, cognitive decline. And I mean, I, well, I'm cognitive in cognitive decline fatigue. too. I mean, when well, yeah, I'm in decline, my friend you're Joe in fatigue. was yeah. like, this sounds like cognitive fatigue, not panic. And I'm like, yes, that's it. It's not panic. It's just, right. I can't think about anything. I'm tapped out. Well, I realized that I've been using a lot of external stimulus to keep my mind distracted from what I need to think about. Yeah, I get that. And I spent a week without it, and wow, it's like coming off drugs, if I ever knew what it was like to come off drugs. Because that is my drug, is watching stuff and keeping my brain occupied with something else. And it's uh, it's an amazing discovery when you don't have that. And you have to confront certain things and talk to yourself And it's weird, too, because when you're 10,000 feet up and you're short of breath, you're like, okay, is this a panic attack or am I just not breathing well? (laughs) Right. That's part of why I don't like being at altitude. Like, I sort of feel like I just can't breathe ever. Right. Right. Well, I adjusted to that okay, but um, I've already decided I'm going to go off and be a math teacher in this tiny town with mountains all over the place. It's northern exposure is what it is, this town. And even the people I met in this town are just like the characters. They're like people who've fled the big city to establish a different lifestyle. And I think that's cool. I'm glad you got that opportunity to do that. That's the silver lining too, right? I mean, we lamented the fact that I wasn't able to drive to Colorado initially when Robert got the truck because he had to wait the extra week for the title and everything. But because right. that happened, I got nine days in the woods and the desert <laughs> for my birthday. Well, that's cool. That's very Yeah, cool. you'll see the pictures. We camped on the side of a canyon. <laughs> wow. Seriously, you wake up and it's a how many thousand feet drop? Are you done? It sounds like you're over this too. Yeah, I'm over this too. And we, we can't check in next week, right? Because that's the day after your wedding and that's dumb. 
Right. Well, I mean, we could check in, but then we'd have to like record and then post it. And you're going to be driving back from my wedding. Yes. I'll be on the road for nine hours. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see how these check-ins go from now on. We might have to merge these two into the Wednesday offering just because I'm getting too busy and you are too. Yeah, it's true. Uh, It's kind of cool how people hear your voice and think, you know, they offer you work. Yeah. <laughs> what last concerns do you have? I think eventually it's just going to be family and friends and people who love you. So what's the problem? I mean, well, okay, here's the thing. Everybody keeps asking me, oh, what are you worried about? It's not that I'm worried about anything. I can't make any more decisions. That's the thing. Okay. <laughs> just too many things to think about and I need to not think about it. So I need people to stop asking me what is the issue. Well, I can do that. Well, here's the better question to ask you then, right? Right. What can I do for you? How can I take a load off of you somehow, apart um, from holding the camera? Well, okay, so here's the thing. Since I'm your maid of honor, after all. <laughs> can you run the music? Right. We're going to have three playlists. One is going to have the music for the ceremony. Right. One is going to have the music for the like intercalary thing while everybody's having their photo taken and we're flipping the room from the the ceremony to the reception, right? We just want to have some background Mm -hmm. music. And then there's going to be a playlist for the reception that's going to have to be advanced intermittently. Like, because we're coming back, we're going to have toasts and then people are going to start having dinner and we're going to have a little bit of music in the background for that. And then there are going to be the first dance songs and then there are going to be just other music for people to dance. We'll turn off the music when the cake gets cut, turn back on the music. Wait, you want me to be the DJ for the entire reception? All you have to do is hit play and then pause and then play and then pause on the playlists. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I'm working. That's If I'm working this wedding, that's fine. But that deserves a free room. <laughs> okay, I'll, find, I'll see if I can find you a free room. The other people who are working are not getting free rooms, by the way. Who else Just is working? So you know. Oh, well, that okay, that's Jonathan, our efficient, is getting a free room, but um, um, Catherine is not. Who is she? She's a friend of mine from Bryn Mawr. And her, oh, so she's your maid her, of honor. No, she's not. She's the stage manager. <laughs> Same deal. She'll have a headset on and all that stuff? We don't have a headset. <laughs> I imagine we're going to have a point where we're going to rehearse all this, right? Yeah. The rehearsal right. is going to be sometime on Sunday, probably around 2 o'clock p.m. Well, again, if, if I can check on the room for you, if I can take anything off your plate for that, let me know. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, a, I'm in cognitive decline, not in cognitive uh, whatever you said. <laughs> <laughs> Complete cognitive meltdown. I don't remember. <laughs> yes. I don't remember words anymore, so right. I'm fine. All right. Well, um, what else you got before we sign off? Um, not a whole lot. I mean, you'd rather read about Duggars than plan your own wedding. This this is Defcon <laughs> Four. Well, I've been planning my own wedding for months and months and months and months and months. I'm done with it. I'm Good. Tired of it. Well, that's all that matters. Yeah. That way, you can just kind of slide into the rest of it from here on out. Right. Just rip out your sled and down you go. <laughs>